Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. Go with me to the book of Luke if you have a Bible. Um, in, case, in case we haven't met, my name is Brandon, and I'm one of the pastors, one of the leaders um, here at LYC. And it is my privilege and honor most Wednesday nights to be able to open the Bible and preach and share with you from God's Word. And I'm really excited tonight because I really believe that tonight, someone say tonight, I really believe tonight that God really does want to speak to us. Uh, I don't know what your take on the Bible is. I don't know what you believe about the Bible or what you think about the Bible. Um, But here's what we believe. Here's what we think, that the Bible is not just another book. Someone said amen. We, we just believe the Bible is not just another book, another history book about God or religion. Uh, it's not just facts and information and principles about God, but we believe that this is the actual living, breathing word of God that still speaks today. Someone said amen. And so we, we use this uh, analogy a lot, but it, it really helps me. And so I use it because uh, sometimes I'm a little bit slow up here in the uh, memory. And so it helps me to re- be reminded. But we use this analogy a lot that if you got a text message today from a friend of yours, how many today you think you have sent more than five texts? Show of hands. All right. How many of you by show of hands, you feel like you've probably sent more than 10 text messages today? Show of hands, 15 text messages today. 50 text messages today. Christina's like, all I've done today is text people. How do I get sand out of my eyes? Asking for a friend. Um, if, if you were to get a text today from one of your friends, you would know those words, even though they're just letters on a screen or a page, that they're living words. They're actually speaking real time. It's not like, ah, they said that they wanted me to come to their birthday party, but that was like 10 minutes ago. I don't even know. No, no, because they're alive. They're a real person. Their words, they still speak today. Uh, There are people that they save voicemails and save text messages that are encouraging to go back to them and listen to them and be reminded of encouraging things because our God is living. His word still lives today. Because God is not dead. God is not, you know, a past thing because God is the one, the only true God. Because he's living, all of his words, they still speak today. The Bible says cover to cover, front to back, that every word, someone say every word. Every word is actually inspired by God. So while, while God did use men to write the Bible, men didn't write the Bible. While God did use people to put ink on paper and pen these things, it was actually the spirit of God that moved upon men who wrote the scripture. The Bible says that his word is true. It's been tested, proven, and tried that his ways they can be depended upon and relied upon. And here's what I love about the Bible. Every time I read the Bible, it speaks to me freshly. Like here's what I love about God. God knew I, I can't think off the top of my head. What's today's date? It's the 22nd, March 22nd, 23rd. Wow, that was kind of judgmental. Um, uh, March, uh, G- God knew March 23rd at 7, the light's bright, 7.28 p.m. He knew you would be sitting here tonight. God, he knew on March the 23rd, 2022, 7.28 p.m. It wasn't three, it was eight, my bad, 7.28 p.m. He knew you'd be sitting here and he knew 
every single thing you would be facing. God knew all the complexities of your heart. God knew all the fear, all the insecurity, all the uncertainty, questions that haven't been answered. God knew. And in a supernatural way, he inspired or put inside of the words you will read, the words you will hear tonight, exactly what you need to hear in the moment. God's word, it lives today. It's inspired by the spirit of God and it speaks today. And so every time we open the Bible, we really do believe that we are not just hearing words from a preacher. We're not just hearing words uh, from a book. These are not concepts or good ideas, but, but we, we really gather together to, to listen for and to ask God to, to speak that we might hear his voice. And so I really believe tonight that God does want to speak. And I believe that God, he always speaks. God is always talking. The question is, are, are we listening? I, I talked to a guy this past Sunday morning and um, his, his life is falling apart like, have you ever thought you were going into one conversation and you were overwhelmed by the actual conversation you were going into? This guy's like, hey, can I talk to you real quick? Like, real casual. And I'm like, oh, for sure, man. Like, absolutely. Like, what's going on? And I'm 10 minutes in. Here you go, Ann. I'm sitting down. I'm 10 minutes in, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I literally, I got my phone because it was before a first service, and I started texting Pastor Spencer. I'm like, hey, Spencer. I wasn't whispering. I was just texting. But in my mind, I was whispering. I'm like, hey, Spencer. I might not make it into church for service. You might have to do all the transitions by yourself because I'm, I'm overwhelmed by this conversation. And one of the things this, this man said, he said, you know, I really wish that nine years ago when all this started, that I would have known what I know today. And that is that God is not my last resort. He should have been my first resort. And, and I, I really b- believe tonight, wherever you are, that God really does want to speak to you, that God really does have something that he wants to say, he wants to speak. And so I'm believing and expecting that I'm leaning in tonight saying, God, would you speak to me? And, and would you help us to not, again, not hear the voice of a preacher, but hear the word of God. Someone said, amen. All right, Luke chapter nine, verse 23. We're in a series that we started last week. It's a two week series called When God Moves. Look at your neighbor and say, when God moves. When God moves. Uh, We started this series because we really felt like last week, um, God is doing something fresh in LYC. God God is doing something fresh in our youth community. God's doing something. God is moving right now. Can I get an amen? And, And we said this last week that when God moves, he's always calling us back to himself into relationship. He's calling us to another level of engagement, leaning in and surrendering to what he wants to do. And he's always bringing us into unity together for a common goal and a common purpose. Here's what you need to know for the rest of your life. When God calls you to be a part of a church, he's planting you in a family. Church is not a building. It's not a gathering. The body of Christ, it is, it's a family. We're called into the family of God. And there is one church, the Big C Church. Some will say Big C, Big C, the Big C Church. But then there's local churches. And God calls all of us to a local church. And when God begins to move in that community, in that local church, it's not just what he's doing at, at, in, in, in the hall. He's also doing it in us. And we just really believe right now in our youth community, God, he's moving. 
God is calling us into closer, deeper, more intimate relationship with him. God's calling all of us to lean in and engage him and what he's doing at another level. And God's calling us together in unity, arm in arm to be about what he desires. And so last week we started the series on kind of a downer maybe, like maybe not the most encouraging note. And we started the series last week just saying this, whenever God moves, so does the enemy. Whenever God moves, so does the the enemy. Why? Because the enemy desires to stop what God's doing. Can, this is Bible trivia. Uh, Someone's answer me real quick. Can the enemy actually stop God? No. No, okay. But we talked about last week. That was super encouraging, by the way. Thank you for engaging. That made me feel so good. Um, Usually it's like someone's answer and one person's like, but everyone said, no, that's awesome. Uh, the, The enemy can't stop God. But, but God always works through us as vessels, doesn't he? So ultimately, the enemy can't stop God. No, the enemy, he's already been done defeated. Jesus defeated death, hell, and the grave, and he reigns victorious. And in him, we always, someone say always, we always have victory. How, however, it requires my faith, my receiving God's word, and my obeying God's word for God to do what he desires to do. And so while the enemy can't stop God, guess who he tries to stop? You and I. So we talked about different ways the enemy last week that he brings discouragement, he brings distraction, he brings frustration. He starts to mess with our flesh. And we're like, I don't feel like doing this anymore. And he, he starts using other people to, to, to get in our ear and say things that, are, that will uh, cause us to, to go off pathway. And, and we talked about how the enemy, he, well, he, he starts moving. And we gotta be on guard. Tonight, what I wanna talk about is I wanna talk about how when God moves, That really what God's doing is he's leading us into a life of total dependence upon him. Matter of fact, if you're taking notes, you can write that down. It's the title of the sermon today. simply that total dependence on God. Like right now, in a very real way, all of you, like every single one of you except for me, you are totally dependent on that chair. Like, I didn't see anyone tonight. It's like, all right, you can find a seat. I didn't see anyone like, <laughs> I don't see anyone right now that's like halfway sitting. Like, all right, I am just, j- just in case, Pastor Brandon, just in case. It's, no, like, w- you're all totally dependent, leaning on, relying on. Your full weight is on that chair you're sitting in. And, and we're going to look at a couple of scriptures and a couple of thoughts tonight just to remind us that the, the life God calls us into, it, it is not one where we have half our weight on God. It's not one where it's like, all right, well, I'm going to make sure like I'm taken care of just in case God, it, it's a life of full weight, full trust, full dependence on, on Jesus. Two scriptures I want to read. The first one's this, Luke 9 23, listen to what Jesus said. Then he said to them all, if anyone, someone say anyone. Okay, so question, not rhetorical. Does that include you and me? As anyone. I I love God because God's equal opportunity. There's nothing about God's kingdom that excludes people. God's kingdom is equal opportunity. His principles, his ways, they apply to every single one of us, no matter who you are, no matter where you started from. They, 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 they include all of us. And he says, then he said to them, if 
anyone desires to come after me, he's going to have to do two things. Let him deny himself. Some, some translations say die to himself. Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me daily. Did you know that Jesus made no apologies about the life he calls us into? There's this story, we were gonna read it, but I'm like, ah, it's for time's sake, we won't. But it's in Mark chapter 10, if you wanna go check it out. And it's a story about a guy that we refer to as the rich young ruler. He, he was called the rich young ruler. Can you guess it? Because he was rich and he was young and he had power. He would have been a YouTube influencer today. Um, and he comes to Jesus and he's like, Jesus, this is not working for me. I'm paraphrasing, by the way. This is the uh, B-I-T, the Brandon International Translation. Um, he, he, the, 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 the bit, yes, there's this. Yo, what version is that? Is the Bitcoin. Um, he, he goes, Jesus, this isn't working for me. It's not, it's not working for me. Well, well it just, I don't know. Like, just something's, something's missing. And Jesus goes, well, I love Jesus because Jesus, he, a lot of times he, he baits us, doesn't he? Like whenever Jesus asks a question, you know it's because he, he's getting us to think, not because he doesn't know the answer. Jesus has never asked a question and been like, oh my goodness, this is so embarrassing. This is so awkward. Um, okay, would, would you mind answering? No, he, he, the question's for us. And he goes, well, um, okay, so uh, here's what I would say. Just like, just obey the law. And, and I love this guy because he, he's kind of like us. He thinks a little too highly of himself because we, we know like theologically no one is perfect. But this guy goes, well, like I've done all that. Really? The whole lot? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've done it all. I've, 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 I've done all those things, Jesus, and it still isn't working. And I love Jesus because he doesn't correct him, but he goes, okay, yeah, yeah, So you're doing the right things, but one thing you lack well, yeah, that, that, that's why I'm here. Like, I, I need the one thing, one thing you lack. Go sell everything you have. Go sell all your possessions. Go delete your YouTube account right now. Lose all the, just go sell everything you have and come follow me. And the Bible says the guy walks away sorrowful. He, he walks away sorrowful, not irritated, Irritated would be like, that's, man, this guy, this guy's ridiculous. He walked away sorrowful because he knew in his heart, he, he, he's actually right. I actually haven't given my whole, because money and stuff, it's never about the stuff, it's about the heart, right? And so he knew like, it's not, I, 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 and, and he walks away sorrowful because he couldn't do it. He knew Jesus was telling the truth, but he couldn't do it. And Jesus goes, oh, man. It's so impossibly hard for rich people to enter into my kingdom. And all of his disciples are like, uh, wait, like for real? And he goes, well, what I'm saying is um, it's really difficult for people who trust, who depend, who put their weight and confidence on themselves and in stuff to enter my kingdom. Yet he says this, and now that I'm explaining it, we should have just read Mark chapter 10. But, but he, 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 he says this, he, he, he goes, yeah, but with God, someone say with God, with God, all things are possible. He goes, it's impossible for you and your own ability to take your full weight off of yourself and stuff and, and really depend on God. But God can do a supernatural work. With God, all things are possible.
I want to read one more scripture, Jeremiah 17, 5 through 8. It's echoed in the Old Testament what Jesus unashamedly said that following him requires full weight, full dependence. Listen to Jeremiah 17, 5. Thus says the Lord, this is strong language. This is like Bible cussing right here. He says, thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength. These are kind of sobering words. Again, God is making no apologies. He says, cursed, cursed. Now, God's not cursing, but, but what the implication is, cursed do we make ourselves, if you will, when we go, you know how I'm going to do this thing? I'm going to put this all on me. He goes, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh of strength. Why? Because his heart has departed from the Lord. You can go to Matthew 6 and you can look at how Jesus teaches and goes, listen, you actually can't serve God in self. You actually can't serve God in stuff. You'll always love one and hate the other one. You can't do both. Because cursed is the man who trusts the man who makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. It, it gets worse. It's like worse Bible cussing. Verse 6 says this. It says, for he shall be like a shrub in the desert. He will not see when good comes. But he shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land, which is not inhabited. Verse seven, I love, I love the Bible because there's always hope, but blessed is the man. Someone just say blessed. blessed. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. Blessed is the man who they put their full weight and confidence on God and all of their hope and expectation, it's in, it's in him. Bible says, for he shall be like a tree planted by waters, which spreads out its roots by the river, and he will not fear when heat comes, but his leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will he cease yielding fruit. The Bible tells us Old Testament and New Testament that the call of God is for you and I to follow him fully. God makes no apologies that his invitation is, is not to a casual relationship, but it's to a fully devoted lifestyle that says, Jesus, I fully trust you. I fully depend on you. I fully put my weight on you to the point that I'm willing to follow you and obey you no matter what you say. Go for yourself and just read the gospels. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, or just read one of them and you will see over and over and over again, people that are like, whoa, whoa, did you just, uh, okay, Bob, I don't know. Did He just walked on water. This guy, um, and were, they were amazed by the miracles and amazed at the vibe of the meeting. And, and, and then they actually didn't fully follow him because it required full devotion. Again, the title of the sermon tonight is Total Dependence on God because this is the life that God calls us into. Did you know there's a lot of Christians that um, they, they actually get burned out, they get tired, they get weary, they get frustrated, they get disillusioned be, because they try to follow God but do it in their own ability. Have you ever tried to do something in your own ability that you couldn't do? I remember, this is not a humble brag because it was, a, it was, it was difficult. Uh, but I ran a marathon like five or six years ago. 
And you've heard me tell the story before, possibly, but I ran the marathon on accident. I said, Brandon, how do you run a marathon on accident? So I had a friend, he's like, hey, I'm going to start running. Do you want to start running? Low-key, I think he was like, yo, you could use some exercise. You got like, like dad bod? Cool. Let's, let's run together. And um, so we, we start running every Saturday. And what I didn't know is that he was starting a beginner marathon training program. And so we, we just decided like, hey, I'm going to come every day. We met at his house Monday through Saturday, 5 a.m. Well, every day I'm going to come. And whatever you're doing, man, that's what I'm going to do. Whatever you do, I'm doing. And we got like 16, 17, 18, 20 weeks into this. And I'm like, we're running like a lot of miles. And it occurred to me, I think I'm training for a marathon. And so he, 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 he suckered me into doing it, actually signing up and running it. But, but I ever forget our first long run was 20 miles. First, like they considered you know, a really long run. And um, he was like, hey, did, did you bring like extra water and these little like goo pouches? Like, so you could like have at certain points because like you, you need to replant. I'm like, I don't need that, bro. Like, I'm, I'm good. I don't need little goo pouches. I got the Holy Ghost. Like, I'm like, like let's go. I got a water bottle. And I remember like halfway, three quarters away, I was dying because I was trying to do something without the, the, the nutrients, without what my body actually need, needed to do it. Can I tell you, you cannot, someone say cannot. You cannot fully Follow God in your own ability. You can't do it. You will never be able to fully obey Jesus in your own power. You'll never be able to fully say yes to God, trusting and depending in your strength. No, following Jesus requires full dependence on him. And so here's what I want to do tonight. I want to give you, I want to give you three tests. Look at your neighbor and say, not another test, man. Like I, like we just did, I, I think a lot of you just did like assessments, right? You just did some sort of assessment for school and SATs. It's like, not a, okay, I'm gonna give you three tests tonight. And um, all of these, all of these are tests for you to, to, to just internally go, all right, well, like how, how, how am I doing right now? Am I doing good? Am, am I not doing good? Matter of fact, let, let's try this. Uh, pick, pick a neighbor right now. Just, just pick a neighbor. Who, who's your neighbor you're going to talk to tonight? We all need a neighbor. Pick a neighbor. Okay. All right. So at the, at the end of each test, I'm going to have you look at your neighbor and either say, ouch, like that, like, like that applied to me. Or just go, I'm, 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 I'm good, man. But just, just try it real quick. Everyone look at your neighbor and just say, ouch, ouch. All right, look, look at your neighbor in, in case you get good and just be, be like, I'm good, man. I'm, I'm good. Okay, all right. So here, here's the first test. Let me give you three tests. Tonight. Test number one, you can write this down in your notes. The test of self-reliance. All this, like we, we're not even there yet. People were like, ouchie. But, but the first test we all have to pass is this thing where we want to depend on, my, on, on, on ourself. I, I wrote, wrote this in the notes. Um, the test of self-reliance is an attitude that says, it's all on me. If I don't, then it won't. I have to work hard, be disciplined, stay busy, and make things happen for myself. Test of self-reliance is it's all on me. If I don't, then it won't. All right, now, now look at your neighbor and just, just say, ouch, or I'm good. Come on, tell your neighbor. Just, just like, just... All of us at some point, we have to pass this test of saying, do I rely on me or, 
or do I rely on God? Now, me, me and Mr. Caleb Escalante, who will be bringing a fire intermission next week, possibly, um, we, we were talking about these, these things earlier. And one of the things we, we talked about is that we have to be careful to realize this doesn't mean that we get lazy and don't do anything. Like, have you ever met that person that they're trusting God a little too much? It's like, bro, do, do you have a job? Nah, man, Jehovah Jireh is my provider. Do, do you have, are you doing anything with your life? Nah, man, like God is good. Like, well, no, no, no. When we say, when we say uh, self-reliance, what, what we don't mean is that you don't work hard. What, what we don't mean is that you're not being disciplined and you're not applying yourself. What we don't mean is that you're not saying, God, everything you tell me to do, I will do. And everything you've given me, I will steward well. What we're saying is I trust in God for the results. Results on God, obedience on me. Self-reliance doesn't mean like, okay, well, you know, I just, if I'm not self-reliant, I just got to put it all in God. No, there's this this principle that the the, the book of Proverbs gives us. The Bible says it's the diligent that that, that, that will will, will bring prosperity or bring the hand of God, that we have to diligently say, I'm going to say yes to Jesus. I'm going to walk in his ways, but we cannot rely on ourselves for the results. We can't put the pressure on ourselves for the outcome of, of our future. I wrote this down. When we get uh, uh, into being self-reliant, it makes us busy. It makes us distracted. And we no longer have time for God. I know so many people that they just get, especially juniors and seniors, I know so many juniors and seniors, they get so busy and distracted and what they do is they, 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 they put this little cap. Well, yeah, man, I'm just, I'm really, really just, just, you know, busy right now. I'm just grinding right now because I'm working on my, on my college stuff. I'm working right now on, and, and again, it's not that we should work hard, but so often we put the pressure on ourselves for results, don't we? Man, if I don't, then it won't. And we get busy, we get distracted, and we start trying to do things that are really God's responsibility, and we... We get off course. Number two, you can write this down. Second test. Second test is this. It's the test of self-exaltation. Now, let, let me explain this one before you say, yeah, ouch, or I'm good. But um, th- this test or this attitude of self-exaltation is I have to put myself above others or I will get looked over, left behind, and won't be taken care of. Have, 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 have you ever met someone before? that they, they find it necessary to talk bad about other people to make themselves feel better? You ever met someone before that's like, man, the whole world, you think it revolves around you, doesn't it? You, you ever met someone before that it's like everything is so just consume me, myself, and I? Why? Because we, we can get into this mentality. All of us are, uh, uh, are, are susceptible to it where it's like, man, I, if, I, if I don't just keep putting myself in the right place, if I don't keep on making sure I'm in the front of the line, if I just don't keep on, then, then I will get le- left behind. I'll get looked over. I'll not be able to have what I need. And really what it's saying is it's saying, God, I actually don't trust you to take care of me. So I'll take care of myself. And people who are, self, uh, who, who, who are self-exalting, here's what happens. It makes us self-centered, self-seeking, and self-deceived. Test of self-exaltation or putting yourself above others is something that all of us, we, we, we have to be careful of. 
Bible says this in Philippians chapter two, verse three through four. It, it says, let each of you, I'm sorry, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem better, each esteem others better than himself. Verse four, let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Jesus calls us to live a life that we're continually putting God and others before ourselves. Jesus is, is on uh, the road one day traveling and he hears all his guys talking up there about something. You ever heard someone talking and like you, you, you think they're talking about something that's kind of interesting as so you kind of try to eavesdrop a little bit. He, 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 uh, he goes, guys, what are you talking about? And they were arguing over who, who would, would be the greatest. And Jesus said, you know, guys, um, that's not how it works in my kingdom. See, in, in the kingdoms of men, you, you got to climb the ladder. You got to push other people out of the way. But in my kingdom, it's the humble and the servant that I with my hand will, will exalt. In my kingdom, the greatest is not the one who puts themselves there. In my kingdom, the greatest is the one who humbles himself and who serves God and who serves others. Tests of whether or not we're dependent on God. One is self-reliance. And num- number two, it's self-exaltation. All right, look at your neighbor. I'm not looking and just say, ouch, or I'm, I'm good. Come on, just I'm, ouch, or I'm good. All right, n- number three, la- last test is this. Th- this one, I promise you, I promise you this one, I'm going to be like, ouchie. That's like next level, ouch. But test number three is this, the test of worshiping stuff. The test of worshiping stuff, here's what that attitude says. The test of worshiping stuff says this, if I only had more money, more stuff, more opportunity, more connections, then I would be fill fill, fill in the blank. Why is it that you and I, we always think we need something else to get to where we're, we're, we're trying to go? I mean, am I the only one that this ever felt like that before? Am I the only one that's ever sat down and be like, you know what? If I just had more money, this would be a lot easier. I literally thought that last week. I'm like, man, if we just, if I just have more money, I wouldn't even have to stress about this stupid thing. Well, there's something in us that always thinks, well, if I just had this, then I would be. Man, I'm, I'm really, really concerned about X, Y, and Z. And I just feel like if I could just get, if I just knew this person, if I could just get a door to open, if I could just get opportunity, then I would be, and here's what that does. When we have a, a, a worship of stuff saying, saying, I need this, I need that, what happens is it turns our heart away from God and places our worship on someone or something else. Did you know when you are consumed with stuff, you're actually worshiping stuff? What is worship? It's the time, the attention, the exaltation of something. The Bible goes, God, he wants all of your worship. He wants all of your time. He wants all of your attention. He wants all of your devotion. Why? Because we're exalting him as you are God. But so many of us, we actually worship stuff. Why? Because we've made stuff our God. Brandon, I haven't made stuff my God. Brandon, that, how dare you say that I've made college my God? Well, like maybe not intentionally, but we do this with stuff, don't we? Be, because here, here is the rationale. Here's the thought. 
And, and, and if I'm going like way too deep, then be like, Brandon, you need to stop pretending like you're a counselor. But it's like, all right, I really want to be successful in life. Anybody you want to be successful in life? Just like, no one's like, actually, my life goal is to be homeless. Like, that's like no one, right? But, but it's like, okay, I want to be successful in life. And so if I'm going to be successful in life, I need money. Like, I don't, I don't care how, how, how you split hairs. Like, I just, I'm going to need money. And we all have our own version of success. So success to you looks different than success to your neighbor. We all have our own version. But let's just pretend for a second, our version, I need, I need money. Because I want to be able to have this kind of house and this kind of car. And I want to be able to have this kind of family and this kind of luxury and freedom. So I, I need money, okay? Well, if I'm going to need money, then I'm going to need like that job right there. Okay. And, and, and if I'm going to be able to have that job right there, I'm, I'm going to need to get into this college right here. Okay, oh man, if, I, if I'm going to get into that college, I need to like make these kind of grades. And if, if I'm going to make these kind of grades, then I really need to, to like be in this program. And, I, and, and all of a sudden what we do, instead of saying, God, I fully put my whole weight into you. God, you're my provider. You will take care of me. You've made me promise after promise after promise after promise after promise that you will meet all of my needs, that you, you have the ability and you will open every door and every opportunity that I need open for me. You've promised that you'll not just supply my need on the outside, but God, you'll give me peace and joy. You've promised that you will deliver to me the life that only, only I can see in my dreams. You, you, you promise if I put you first. But instead we go, God, I'm not really sure I can put my weight into you. Like I know you've made a lot of promises and you've said a lot of good things. I'm just not sure I can really put my confidence in you. And so God, you're just gonna have to excuse me for a semester or two while I come over here and I worship this GPA. While I worship and exalt this university. Well, I worship and exalt this relationship. Why? Because I, I think if, if I don't have it, then I won't. It is the worship of stuff. We, we all at some point have to pass the test of self-reliance, the test of self-exaltation, and the test of idolizing stuff. All right, look at your neighbor for the last time tonight and just say, ouch, or I'm good. Ouchie, ouchie, ouchie. All right, I'm gonna give you really, really quickly, Brandon, well, how, how do I become dependent on God? Or, or what are some signs, Brandon, that, that my heart is growing in this area? I gave you three tests. Now, really quickly, I'm gonna give you three signs. It's gonna be really fast. Sign number one, if you're taking notes. The first sign of dependence on God is a prayer life. Rhetorical question, God bless you. I'm a pastor, so it counts double. Um, kidding. Uh, rhetorical question how much time do you spend praying i don't mean like for for dinner and i don't mean like when you forgot to study and you're like oh test today really hold on one second oh jehovah jireh oh i will make room for you to give me an a because i want it okay I, i don't mean like when you're in a pinch but how often do you actually pray because do you know what a really like telltale sign of dependence on God is? Is that you have a prayer life. Why? Because you and I always go 
to where we think we need. Do you know why I go to the gas station? Because I need gasoline in my car. I don't, I don't pull up to PetSmart. Hey, yo, car, car's not working. Well, no, because I don't, I don't need dog food. I need gas. You go where your heart has conviction that there's need. And so a telltale sign is how, how often do you pray? The Bible says this, I'll read it quickly. Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing. Be, even when the scripture doesn't come on the screen, don't be anxious. Don't be stressed. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, someone say everything, in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Quick question rhetorical. When you start feeling anxious, do you double down on your effort and ability? Or do you double down and saying, God, I need you. God, I'm desperate for you. God, I am so worried and wound up about, God, I am so anxious about college right now. God, I, I'm coming to you saying, God, you're the one who will get me into the right school at the right time. God, you're the one who will lead and guide. You're the one who will provide. Number two, you can write this down. Second sign of dependence on God is a desperation for the Holy Spirit. The Bible says this in Acts chapter one, verse eight, Jesus says, but you shall receive power. Someone say power. You shall receive power. That word literally just means ability. I don't have the ability. I'm not strong. I do not have. You will receive ability when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You, you, you know a really good sign of your dependence upon God is? It's how often are you calling out for God saying, God, I need you to fresh me, freshly fill me with your spirit. God, today, I actually can't be who you've called me to be. I actually can't walk through these hallways. I actually can't stay pure. I actually can't keep my sexual integrity. I actually can't have peace and confidence unless your spirit is giving me the ability. I'm not doubling down today on my ability to walk in your ways. I'm calling out in desperation for your spirit to fill me today. Number three, and we're going to get really boots on the ground practical. Last sign of dependence on God, and we'll close with this, is a commitment to the word of God. When you have a hunger for God's word, for the purpose of walking in his ways, it is a telltale sign of your dependence on, on him. Brandon, please, please explain. Proverbs fourteen twelve says this. It says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. We've talked about this verse a lot, so just indulge me while I give you an explanation. Um, there's a way that seems right. Have you ever made a decision thinking you were right and you were wrong? Like my son Graham, he's three, and uh, he, he calls restu rest restaurants restaurants. And it was like, I don't go to a restaurant. I don't go, I don't go to a restaurant. Have you ever been to a restaurant before? And you saw an item on the menu and you're like, that looks delicioso. I want that. And then you get it and you're like, oh my God, this is, excuse me, ma'am. That's not what the picture promised me. I thought it was delicioso. This is disgusting. The Bible goes, there's ways legitimately that seem right. 
No, 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 to no, seriously, Pastor Brandon, I've done all my research. I've talked to 17 advisors. Um, I've prayed about it for 13 seconds. And um, I've talked to a lot of friends, a lot. And I, this seems like the best possible thing to do. I was, th there, there's things that really seem good to you. But, but in the end, it leads to death. One of my favorite sayings, you've probably heard me say it before, but that everybody has the right to a point of view. Someone say point of view. Every, 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 like you have the right to your point of view as long as you recognize this. Eyes and ears right here. As long as you recognize that your point of view is simply that. It is a singular point from a singular view. You don't see it all. You don't know it all. You, you can't even see what's happening behind you. You have a singular view from a singular point. And we serve the God who knows all, who sees all beginning to end. He knows what the future holds. He knows what's happening in six months, six years, and 60 years. Our God knows all. The Bible says this, Psalm 119, 105. I love this scripture. It says that God, your word, it's a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Have you ever walked in the dark before? And how many of you know when you're walking in the dark, what do you need? You, thank you so much. Thank, that's, yes, thank you. But, but you need, uh, Brett Bradley, for, for dramatic effect, will you kill the lights real quick? Just, this is not planned. Dramatic effect, just kill the lights. Please no one freak out. If you have a fear of the dark, start praying in the spirit immediately. Okay. Oh, the TVs are all cool. But when you're in the dark, what do you need? You, you need light at your feet. God, I don't know what to do today. Like, who cares about my future, God? Um, I literally don't know how to get free from this addiction today. God, I, I, I'm, I'm literally having thoughts of suicide and I'm struggling with depression. I don't know how to be okay today. The Bible says that God's word is a lamp to your feet and then it also lights your path. So God, you wanna help me through your word to know what to do today, but you also wanna show me the path you have for my, for my future. You can turn the lights on. But a telltale sign of your dependence upon God is how hungry you are for God's word. Quick question, rhetorical. We won't do the whole ouchy thing because it'd be weird. But like, how much time have you spent? How much time do you spend reading and studying the scripture? Can I just like, don't step on your toes. But can I just say, people who do not read and study the scripture, what they are saying without saying it is, God, I got this. I'm good. Creator of heaven and earth, universe, knows all, sees all, is all. I'm good, bro. Because I already got a plan and it seems pretty good to me. Okay, cool. Let me know how it works out. I'll see you, see you in the prayer line. Because it won't, Be, because it's only God who through his word can teach us the ways of life, who can teach us the patterns and the principles, who can renew our mind and show us the way in which, which we would go. You want to know if, if you're dependent upon God? Brandon, how do I know in this season where my dependence on God really lies? Well, do you pray like ever? Do, do you call out and say, Jesus, today fill me freshly with, with your spirit? And do you spend time in the word? 
because they are telltale signs for me of whether or not I'm relying on my power or his power. Can, can I tell you an embarrassing story real quick and then we're going to close? Um, this morning, I kind of lost my mind. You ever just woke up in a bad mood before? I just woke up in a bad mood today. Honestly, do you know what made me in a bad mood? Don't judge me. You don't have kids, okay? What put me in a bad mood is I was sleeping so good. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for good sleep. And I woke up to this. My kids run, and I'm like, good Lord. I'm not trying to wake up to a stampede like Lion King. And so I, I got up just like, Hey, people are sleeping in this house. Bethany's sleeping. Your mom is still sleeping. I was trying to sleep. What? And, and the house was messy because they were being crazy. And I, God, take, I, I was just in a bad mood. And, and I, I kind of like, I didn't like freak out and like start breaking stuff. That'd be kind of dramatic. I need prayer for that and repentance. But I just, I just lost my cool. I was short-tempered, I was frustrated. And so everyone leaves and goes to school. Finally, the house is quiet. The man of God can study for the sermon and talk, talk about dependence on him. And it, and it hit me. In this season, Brandon, you've been putting way more weight, way more trust in yourself. Do you know why, why I was so tired when I woke up? Do you know why I was so quick to get irritable? Because you and I do not last for very long in our own ability. Do you know why you have such big highs and such big lows? Do you know why you have great days? And be, because that is the rhythm of your flesh, of your own ability. And I had to quickly be like, all right, Lord, before I think about this sermon and send my notes to B-Rad in the booth. Um, God, I just repent. I have been relying way too much on my own strength. And if I just take like just a quick, just, you know, inventory, I actually haven't been praying like I should. Why? Because I really in my heart haven't felt like I needed to, I guess. I haven't been stopping in moments where I'm about to lose my cool and go, God, freshly fill me with your spirit because the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Like, God, I actually haven't been doing that a whole lot. I guess I've kind of thought that I could handle it. God, I actually haven't been as consistent in studying and reading and meditating your word. I guess I kind of thought for a minute I could figure things out on my own and ooh, was I reminded this morning, it's always short-lived. But can I tell you what the most life-giving, sustainable way to live is? It is complete and total dependence on God. I, I just don't know, Brandon. There's a lot of things right now that I'm worried about, I'm anxious about. Matthew 6, 33, won't be on the screen. But Jesus said, anyone who will seek first, someone say first, first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Just go, you know what, God? All right, full weight on you. Before anything else, you're first. 
when it comes to my schedule, before anything else, God, you get priority. When it comes to how I make decisions, before anything else, God, your ways get priority. Him, the person who will seek first the kingdom of God and put their full weight on God. The Bible says all these things, someone say all these things. All these things will be added to you. What things? All the things you were worried and stressed about. All the things you were so consumed by because I'm just not sure if the, the Bible goes, hey, hey, you know what'll happen? I'll just add them to you. I'll, I'll come alongside and I'll just provide for you and I'll take care of the need. And I'll, we are called to put our full weight on. We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.